Howdy. Welcome to Renegade Fantasy Sports' newest NRL fantasy podcast, The Rundown, uh, which is hosted by me, The Defensive Center. You can find me on Twitter, um, at Defensive Center, all one word. And I also uh, hang out on the Renegade Fantasy Sports NRL uh, Facebook group um, as uh, myself, Joel Huey. So I, uh, I'm on there commenting and offering advice um, whether or not you're uh, interested in, in it or not. So this is a new 15-minute uh, pod- weekly podcast where I'll be covering all of the latest NRL news and developments um, relevant to your um, fantasy team. Uh, importantly, in 15 minutes, I really can't cover every single player, every single uh injury, withdrawal, and, and the like. So really it's a focus on those players that are really relevant to most um, teams, uh, in particular an emphasis on those teams that are looking at overall success. Um, on top of that, I'll also be giving you s- sort of a bit of a, a quick summary of the highlights from the from www.renegadesfs.com, uh, which is where you can get all of your uh, all of the best NRL fantasy analysis on, on the web. Um, basically, if you're still, you know, hanging on the word of, of Lone Scout, you're really doing things wrong, and this is where this is where the good stuff is at. So the next 15 minutes are really meant for for us who haven't got the time to keep up with every single article as it trickles in through the week. Um, we can't keep up with the Daily Telegraph's NRL atrocity count, um, but it's really important that we that we keep winning, that we uh, don't embarrass ourselves, and you know, accidentally run Roger two of us a check this weekend and the like. So. Uh, this is for all of you guys who are, are pretty busy, but you've got a 15 minutes on a Thursday just to have a quick listen and catch up on all the latest. So uh, I guess in my view, it's like injecting the website directly into your brain um, or like having Steve Nichols visit your house uninvited, um, whichever you'd prefer. So let's jump straight into all the fallout from round two and look uh, at what we're uh, facing in round three, which, uh, which can be slightly terrifying at this time of the year. So injury and team list news. Going through the games one by one, I'll just uh, walk through the uh, ins and outs, or at least the important and relevant ones. So first game for the weekend is going to be Storm versus Bronx on Thursday night. The big news, obviously, is that Billy Slater is in after uh, somewhere close to a year out of the game now. Um, unfortunately, that spells the end of everyone's favorite cash cow, Riley Jacks, who's helped a few people out. Um, unfortunately, Jesse Bromwich might be back too very soon um, if you've dumped him already uh so he's in the 21 at the moment and he's a a reasonable chance to play um by all words the bronx have no changes um next game's dogs versus warriors uh for the dogs there's been a few changes hopawaiti and holland are both out with uh injuries somewhere in the order of four weeks for each of them so we've got uh abby coming in at fullback and uh, montoya onto the wing for the warriors we've got a bit of a pack reshuffle from last week so Bowden Thompson's back and Lilliman are both starting. Um, for some reason, Manu Vatavai has come back into the squad and has pushed uh, Lola here out of the 17, which makes absolutely no sense to me, but there you go. And despite being named in Tuesday's team list, it's the latest uh, seems to be that Roger Tuovasashek will not play and uh, he'll be out for at least one week with a concussion injury that he sustained midway through the game last week uh, in round two. Next game is Titans versus the Eels. The Titans basically have no backs left at all. Uh, they seem to have sold everyone to get uh, Jared Hayne into the team. Don and Hayne are both out with injuries. Uh, Cornish, who's normally a halfback uh, or a half, has come into fullback. Tyron Roberts-Davis, who played last week, 
uh, is now available in fantasy um, and should be around for a little bit longer based on that. Uh, Will Zillman is also back. Uh, not that that is really fantasy relevant. Um, basically, their entire back line is just a burning trash pile. So uh, go check that out for yourself if you uh, want a little bit more detail. For the Eels, the big news is that Corey Norman is out for a week with a calf strain, so he's uh, being rested. He's not in the 21 at all, so there's no real chance that he'll come back in because the rules don't allow that anymore. Um, and Jeff Robson comes in to uh, replace Norman, which is uh, is really not a good replacement for the Eels. But they're playing the Titans, so I guess they feel pretty confident still. Knights versus Rabbitohs. Um, Remain Knights remain unchanged, um, and uh, same with the Rabbitohs. The interesting news here is that Jennings keeps his spot over Talakai, um, and I guess that's a bit of a worry for a lot of us who jumped on Talakai early in the year, and he's only played one game. Panthers versus Roosters. Panthers are unchanged, and the Roosters have lost Blake Ferguson for a few weeks, which brings Joseph Manu into the team uh, on, on the wing there. Uh, for Cows versus Sea Eagles, uh, Winterstein, Coot, and Scott are out for the Cows. Uh, Tamalolo is also out for two weeks um, after he was found guilty of a shoulder charge. He's, he's named on Teamless Tuesday, but he won't be playing. Uh, Winterstein and Coot are pretty short-term, but Scott's gone for the season with an ACL. Uh, Ponga finally is in at fullback, um, and Bowen comes in on the wing. The Fords... There's a lot of uncertainty because the team was named with Tamalolo in at lock. So it's not entirely clear how the pack sorts out. And there's a lot of controversy about who's going to benefit from that. Uh, Cohen Hess is one of the likely short-term beneficiaries. And Patrick Kafusi at the moment has come into the in uh, to front row with Bolton. Uh, for Raiders versus Tigers, uh, Croker finally returns, which is fantastic for the Raiders who have uh, had a bit of a slow start. That pushes Elliott... Uh, who is oh, Elliot Whitehead, who is hemorrhaging cash at the moment, back to his preferred position in second row, um, partnering Austin and um, Leilua on that edge. Soliola goes back to the bench. For the Tigers, Idris has finally been put out of his misery and has been punted out of the 21. Um, so again, that might be another red dot for everyone. And presumably he'll be going back to uh, reserve grade to play 80 minutes and get his fitness back up. Um, Sharks vs Dragons, there are no changes, so no surprises expected there. So it's been a pretty brutal round, round two that is, for injuries. Um, a bit of a summary for the important players. So Holland and Hopawade from the from the Dogs are both looking to be back in round uh, six to eight. So Holland has a shoulder injury. Uh, will Hopawade has a broken face. Um, and I understand it too. Hopawade will also continue to miss the occasional games that are on Sunday, so... His replacement might be interesting based on that. Jared Hayne has an ankle injury. He's looking to be around 6 to 8 um, or possibly be in French rugby. No one's entirely sure. Matthew Scott's out for the season. Lachlan Coote has a calf strain and is looking to be back around 6 to 8, although there seems to be a little bit of r- rumour that um, that it will be longer rather than shorter, but um, it's not entirely clear whether or not that's just smoke and mirrors. Antonio Witterstein is going to be out until round eight. Uh, Blake Ferguson has ribs. There's nothing reported on how long, but that's likely to only be a couple of weeks. And Roger Tuovasashek at this point is only one week, but no one's entirely sure with things like concussion. Um, they're really hard to manage. So I guess the main issue for most of us are 
for injuries and, and selections is the whole winger fullback and centre position. So many of us would have had Pyth- the Python, uh, Feeney Part 2 from the Knights, who had did an ACL last week and has gone for the season. Um, Idris, who's now been dropped and it's uncertain when he'll be back. Talakai dropped again, uncertain return. Hain, four weeks or more. Uh, Roger Tuovasa-Shek, one week. Um, a lot of us would have definitely had Hain and, and Roger Tuovasa-Shek. And so now we've got two red dots there and possibly more. Um, and so everyone's kind of freaking out about that position. Um, fortunately, with all of those injuries come lots of opportunities. But the problem is trying to work out who's the best option. So there's Abby Montoya, Cornish, Robert Davis, Roberts Davis rather, Burns, Jennings, Manu, Edwards and Ponga, sort of the ones that have just sort of jumped onto the scene. Um, there's an excellent article that was put together by Steve Nichols, um, sort of summarizing each of those players' prospects and, and sort of likely ability, scoring potential, um, how long they're likely to keep their position. Um, and, then, and then Steve's ranked them, which is fantastic. I recommend you go check that article out if you're sort of uncertain about who you want to pick up out of this batch, this uh, Motley crew. So, but I will tell you the order that he puts them in because, um, and that might help you get started. So he put um, Abby at, at top, the f- most um, likely prospect, uh, followed by Roberts Davis, Montoya, Jennings, Ponga, Burns, Manu, Cornish, and then finally Edwards. Um, and basically... Ponga could move up up, up that a little bit um, if the rumor that Kuda's out for a little bit longer is true. Um, he's obviously got a hell of a lot of potential, but with only two weeks, with Kuda only likely to be out for two weeks or very short term. Um, and then also not at the cows next year. Um, potentially, he doesn't get that much of an opportunity. For me personally, I'm going to bring in Abby uh, for the Python. Uh, he's got the best prospects of that look, of that lot, and I'm also going to bring in Suli, who from the Tigers, who isn't on that list, but um, he's put put uh, somewhere close to fifty thousand uh, dollars onto his price tag. He's gone up a bit, and that hurts a lot, you know, jumping on a player a little bit late. But he's definitely got that spot locked in, so he's got a lot of potential. I saw him play on the weekend, and um, he looked really impressive in a team that got absolutely smoked. So I don't want to be churning through plays in that winger fullback position all year. I've done that in previous seasons, and it's a waste of trades, and you don't get a lot of money out of these players. So I just want to lock someone in who I can just worry about maybe later on through the buys or something like that. And Suli looks like that sort of prospect. Uh, the other area that's a real mess are the halves, obviously. Many of us are missing Jacks now. Um, some people will have Norman as a gun, and he's out for a week. Um, no one wants to play LG anymore. He's stinking it up big time. So if you're also like me, and you've also got Field, who's not in the eight in the seventeen anymore, uh, things are looking pretty grim uh, for me personally. I'm going to have to run LG. So, um, but there are other people out there who are a lot worse off who may only have one. Um, halfback who's actually playing or one half who's actually available next up we have fluke or for real uh, which has been a long-term article series that we've run on the website for uh, for a few years now this week the boys have been pretty busy and have covered five players um, i'll just give you the highlights but we had cohen hess who everyone is very excited about with the uh, the injuries and suspensions in the cowboys forward pack uh, unfortunately it came down five to one as a fluke 
Um, basically, everyone was really uncertain about his role going forward and, and the likely improvement in minutes. The consensus was that if the guy could just get a good spot lockdown with good minutes, he'd be a fantasy gun. But unfortunately, that's uh, not likely to happen just yet. Um, Valami Kakao, we had 7-2 fluke. The guy had a great game, um, put on a, a few really great shots, but unfortunately minutes just aren't there. Tyron Roberts-Davis was 5-1 for real, largely because his job security seemed fairly reasonable. Um, and also at the moment, I think he has a minus break-even, despite the fact that he's still basement price due to uh, Failhub not putting him uh, into the system quickly enough. Dylan Edwards was 8-0 fluke. Basically, there's outside backs everywhere there at uh, Panthers, and uh, it's only a matter of time before he gets squeezed out, even though he had a cracking game. And Robert Jennings finally was 8-2 fluke. I think everyone's still a little bit scared about what Madge is intending to do there at the uh, at the Rabbits and whether or not Jennings really does have any long-term prospects locked down. Uh, also, you know, you really don't want to be just burning trades away in that position. You really want to get someone who's got a position locked in and, and Jennings really doesn't fit that bill. The article highlights from the uh, website this week... Um, like I said, the fellas have been flat out producing some really good content this week. All the break-evens are up there and a whole bunch of related stats, as per usual. Steve puts out a weekly panic or don't panic article. Um, for most of you who read his articles, you'll know he's a he's a sort of guy who doesn't want to panic too much. Um, but for some reason this week, he, he picked a pretty motley crew of players to review. And uh, pretty much he suggested panicking over most of them, in particular Lewis Brown, Latrell Mitchell, Charlie Gubb, which is unfortunate if you jumped on him last week. It looks like he's to the bench. Um, Aiden Caesar, who just seems to not be clicking at the moment. And uh, and for almost all of us, Kane LG. Um, unfortunately, he suggests having a bit of a mild panic over. Uh, Scarfy Scraps and What Have We Learned series are still running. So that covers all of the round two fallout, all of the specifics of every game. Um, so if you're looking for a particular nugget of information, that's where you got to go looking. This week, uh, Pimp My Team is back from last year, where we visit a Renegades um, team, uh, someone who's struggling normally, give them a few pointers, discuss potential trade tactics and the like, um, and how to rebuild their team moving forward. So this week, uh, Pimp My Team, the riders got into Renegade Bluebird, who's floating around the 6K sort of area. And uh, she needed a few pointers to, uh, and a few stra trade strategies to sort of uh, reconstruct her team moving forward. And there's a, a bit of good discussion around uh, how and why you trade certain players in and out of your team. Um, there's a, a new series this year where one of the writers has built a, a pod, a point of difference team. Um, basically taking those players that everyone's been raving about as being low ownership and potentially... Uh, good scorers, and uh, and sort of following their um, prospects through the year. A uh, bit of a spoiler there, it is not going well for that team at all. So uh, the pod team's not, not panning out the way some people would have liked. Um, there's an article there about how to analyze player performances where we get a bit of a breakdown of what constitutes base stats for different positions. Um, can help you evaluate if a player's score is likely to reflect their long-term average or if it's just more of a an abomination or a blip, a bit of an aberration in their uh, in their potential scores into the future. Finally, one of my favourites, uh, the Renegade Bosses article is up. Um, 
give you a real sense for what those good, really good coaches are doing. Um, but importantly, there's some really nice sort of week-to-week summaries of, of how rankings are panning out. So particularly this early in the season, everyone likes to panic because, you know, if you're not in the top 500 or something, you might be freaking out. Um, but what's interesting is particularly early in the season, the scores are really compact. So the gap between 1st and 10,000th is only 285 points. Um, and it was something like 300 points last year. So the gap between 5,000 and 25,000 is something like 140 points. So really, um, you know, if you can start to string together a few few good w- weeks now, you can climb pretty quickly. Um, and then obviously you start looking to the buyers and building through that area. That's time for me this week. I'll see you next week with a summary of round three's action. And uh, I'll leave you with this little nugget from Steve Nichols. Uh, Don't trust your gut because it's probably got shit for brains.